referred to the immigrants at La Casa as her clients, a holdover from her days as a criminal defense attorney. But everyone in and around Lake Holly knew that a large portion of the people she served were undocumented. Vega sometimes wondered why Adele ever mothballed her Harvard Law degree to found and run this struggling outreach center. Something was always going wrong. One of my volunteers is missing, said Adele. The police won't tell me anything. Vega pictured the volunteers he normally saw at La Casa on weekdays when Adele was working. Earnest, gray-haired men and women who sat patiently with circles of day laborers or young mothers and played English language games or taught them useful phrases for their work. He couldn't imagine any of those people venturing out on a Friday night in January much less disappearing. The roads in and around Lake Holly were winding, narrow, and poorly lit. The ice just made things worse, especially for older people. You think they got into an accident? Asked Vega. No, her car's still here, in the parking lot. She never drove home. Jimmy, I'm not talking about one of my seniors. I'm talking about a 17-year-old girl a student at Lake Holly High. Her family owns the Magnolia Inn. The 150-year-old mansion was a venerable landmark in Lake Holly. All the important people in the county ate there. Wall Street CEOs, U.S. presidents and senators, Broadway actors, Hollywood directors. The archers, who had owned the place for generations, were like old-line royalty in Lake Holly. So this girl, she's an archer? asked Vega. She's John Archer's daughter, Catherine. Vega got dressed and drove over to La Casa as quickly as he could. Not because he thought he could do anything, more for moral support. In all likelihood, the Lake Holly cops were doing all they could already to track Catherine down. And whether they were or they weren't, there was no way they'd let a detective from the county police tell them how to do their jobs. Especially not some desk jockey who spent his days giving ink manicures to the steel bracelet set. Every cop in the county knew Vega's story. And every one of them was glad it wasn't his own. The community center was housed in a former seafood wholesaler's building that still smelled like low tide on damp days. It sat on a dead-end street across from an auto salvage yard, a propane company, and a janitorial cleaning service. A dozen or so people were gathered behind a blue police sawhorse at the entrance to the street, their breath clouded white in the early morning air. Everything felt hushed and expectant, as if the ground beneath them could shatter at any moment. Beyond, Vega saw three police cruisers, a couple of unmarked detective sedans, and the county crime scene van. Things were going from bad to worse if crime scene was here. A uniformed cop Vega didn't recognize stood behind the sawhorse, stamping his feet to keep warm while he spoke to the onlookers. Family members? Rubberneckers? They were bundled in hooded jackets, scarves, and hats, but Vega could still see their eyes that jumpy, hyper-alert, almost feral quality that Vega recognized as fear. Catherine's parents were no doubt someplace warm, being cared for by loved ones. 
But these people, friends, family, or neighbors, clearly had a stake in this girl's disappearance. Vega nosed his truck up to the sawhorse and powered down his window. He flashed his gold detective shield and ID at the officer. Who's catching? He asked. He spoke like he belonged here. Not that he belonged anywhere much these days. Detectives Jankowski and Sanchez, the cop answered. He frowned at Vega's ID. Did Lake Holly call in the county on this? Vega gestured to his department's crime scene van, parked in front of La Casa. Hey, not for nothing, the county's already here. Nothing like a little creative misdirection. Then, for good measure, he name-dropped. Is Detective Greco working? Everybody's working this one. The officer wiped his runny nose. He looked miserable.